I got into this because I'd had enough. I was fed up, but I got to put my words into action because I felt that at that moment when I spoke to the board of supervisors, there was millions of people listening. As I've sort of become a leader in this movement, I've realized that people want nothing more than to get on board to get their freedom back. If my voice gets heard and helps people, then this has all been well worth it. If my kids have a better America to live in, then this is absolutely worth it. I really don't like this stuff. I never wanted to be part of a production or a movie or, you know, I'd rather be out in the fields fighting somebody. Way that we fight, if this is the way that we inspire uh, people to move forward and, and to come on board with us, you know, for the win, then I'll be here. So. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. All right, here we are. Once again. Yeah. Podcast number one of one. <laughs> no, I don't know what this is, number five or six now, but today's a special one because it's a first live call-in yeah, podcast. Awesome. Which is kind of cool. I didn't even know we had that technology until today. Those guys so, are magical. Well, we're going to see how well yeah. it works. We'll see, yeah. That's right. And, uh, <laughs> so you guys need to call in so that we can test it out, and uh, yeah, it'll be kind of a neat deal. Yeah. We have Supervisor Patrick Jones with us today. Thank you guys for having me. It'll be nice to have a, a live there's no uh retakes or anything so yeah. uh, this is as real as it gets and, and we don't have like the five second bleep either you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> just let it fly yeah mr page how you doing ken ken can you hear me ken you there ken page hey ken how are you This is Carlos. Now, Woody next to me. Do, yeah, I got your text earlier. Good stuff. Had a great graduation. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's been great. We had family in town. It's just been really a cool, cool time. So, I'm not sure what that beep is, but Ken, what, what question do you have for us or comment? He's here. I am here.
Well, I tell you, we'll just send uh, Carlos down there, and I think we'll get this squared away right quick. <laughs> no, I think. No, I think you guys were on the right start, and you know what I observe, observed here in Shasta County is hundreds of people came forward um, with the same things that you're talking about last year. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, and um, they were backing me up, and we were like-minded and. And that's, in, in essence, what you're going to need to be doing as well, is getting those people um, from, from texting to start acting and start showing up at those board meetings and then start taking a more aggressive role to force your supervisors to listen to the people. Because that's what we're seeing all over the north end of the state and probably the whole state is the supervisors and elected officials everywhere. Um, they're comfortable. They're set in their ways. They're listening to the illegal government mandate. Newsom's mandate, and they're not listening to the people. And here in Shasta County, we've had enough, and we're doing something that about that. And within less than 24 hours, uh, hundreds of Reading and Shasta County residents will be going out um, and circulating petitions to remove our first board of supervisor, and then it'll be followed nope. by another one and another one. And so what we're doing okay. here, you can do there and you, you've sounds like you've got the three to four hundred people that's necessary to do it. So you're mm -hmm. on your way. You just need a person like yourself to organize, to mm -hmm. be the leader, to stand up, and to lead that group. Well, I, we're, we are there. We we've already filed our application. Uh, we're we're looking for the twenty uh, uh, the twenty for each uh, district that need to sign off. We have a pack uh, started, and uh, we're strategizing on uh, getting the the people. And we actually. We actually hired a guy that does the, the the signing of getting the ballots and all that. But the question that I had for you was: You're sitting on the inside. And I, I get the sense that they're afraid to to say anything to the others. You know, they have this. I don't know whatever you would call that. It's like nobody's willing to speak up within the group. Well, that's a personality. They'll talk to us outside. Well, I mean, it's the What's same. That? It's the same here. I mean, um, we've just been electing the wrong people and. You know, I've always spoken up, and I take some criticism for that. Um, but I'm fine with with being elected or not. I've ran many races. I've won some. I've lost some. And um, you know, I'm not leaving my county. I'm going to fight for my county. We just have to do a better job vetting these candidates and uh, electing the right people that are really going to stand up. And most of them are just simply going to go with the flow. They're, you know, when you when you get in, and and you're right, I am on the inside. I've been on the inside for eight years at City Hall as well, and they get you from the time that you're first elected, they get you over into the new team. And it's not the people, it's city or county staff. They get you to start thinking in that manner. And um, and it's, it's you know, that's what the League of California Cities is about. That's what the League of California um, Counties is about, is to get you to not think the way that you have been or, or what you were, but to get you into the team of, of the government itself. And, you know, for Shasta County, that's 2,100 people. And their idea is you're supposed to work for those 2,100. Well, my idea is I work for 180,000, not, not a small group of people. And, um, you know, that's where the debates, you know, having a quality debate during election time and having six or seven real debates, not forums. Anytime right. you hear a right. forum, throw that out. Get a real right. debate so you can see who's really ready to serve. You can see it after a debate or two who's ready. Well, and the good news for you is it sounds like your chairman is the one that may be supporting you guys. So 
um, yeah. he can move things along where the chairman of our board would not even allow things to to uh, be spoken about. So that's a big... That's you know, one of the things deal. I did... Yeah, when, no, go ahead. As an individual that's sitting in that seat, and, and now we, we just got some of the you know money uh, records recently uh, that we've found where some of the money is gone, and then the data on the health records, we've met with the health director, and he has not... Uh, release or we have we've tried everything to get the health records and also asking them to be transparent on whether they've reviewed the emergency order to rescind it and um, we've just been banging away trying to get that we have it video recorded asking them and asking them and so uh, on the flip side if 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 a person he flips or moves over doesn't he feel he's hurting himself or like he hasn't done it in the past I mean it's almost he has to come out and wake up and say something. Yeah. You know, Ken, I appreciate your question and your comment. I know you guys are doing a lot of good work, and maybe we can all jump on a conference call here, but we do have to take another caller here. I appreciate you. Thank all you. My brother. Thanks, Ken. Stay in it, man. All Thank your you. work is incredible. Keep going. Love it. Thanks, Ken. All right. You know, I can hear his frustration. He, that, so I, I yeah, met that I gentleman at the, um, at the Glad Tidings Church. Awesome dude. I mean, stayed open the whole time. Just a really, really great guy. And he's reached out to me a few times. And um, he wants to come up here and just kind of latch on to what we're doing yeah. because they're doing the exact same thing down there. Well, and I so. think his question was to find the hot button to turn that guy that he has his ear to mm -hmm. just turn him to be able to get more sure. information, to be able to get more in depth of the inner workings because he's trying to work yeah. in the blind. I think once a, a, a supervisor sees he's got a lot of support, it's way easier for him. Well, yeah. you know, and... and you know, being an elected official uh, once, in, you know, twice in the city and here in the county, they they don't want you to get a lot of information out to the public. Now, I've been criticized for many years for getting information out. Uh, we used to get documents at the city that said confidential, confidential, confidential. They didn't want the public to see it, but yet it's not attorney-client privileged, and it really wasn't confidential. They sure. just don't want you to hear about it. Yeah. And I would make sure that those got out. And, and, of course, oh, you get criticized. Well, and that's what a lot he's looking like, for. Yeah. <clears throat> right. So how do you turn somebody that's in that's not necessarily well, willing to? Well, and I think once they're in there for a while, it's really hard to turn someone at that point. Yeah. I think you have to start. All right, let's take next caller. Hey, Bruce. Bruce, can you hear me? Yes. How you doing, sir? I'm doing good. Good. Welcome to the podcast. You know, thanks. What can we do for you? I just thought I was going to listen in to what you're oh. going to talk about. Okay. Uh, yeah, we're just taking uh, calls and questions right now, you know, and uh, we'd be happy to answer any questions you have or if you have a comment to, you know, uh, to participate No, maybe with. a comment. One comment would be it would be nice if uh, we could get that uh, Sheriff uh, Mack to Reading to talk about constitutional counties. Uh, well, you know, Sheriff Richard Mack has come to Shasta County twice to the city of Reading. Um, I went to dinner with him the first time and, and got him, uh, uh, you know, around town. In fact, he, uh, he was at the Reading Gun Show trying to sell his books out in the lobby, and the promoter called me and asked me what we thought of this guy. And this was back in, uh, I want to say, around 2000, 1999, 2000. And, yeah, I think I went to an event when he was here. Yeah, and he did two different ones. One was at the fairgrounds later, or at the rodeo grounds, excuse me, and the first one he just came into town and... Uh, but this producer asked me, they said, hey, uh, should we allow him to sell his books here? We've heard he's a little bit radical. And I said, well, um, you know, I've heard that too. I said, but, you know, he sued the Clinton administration and won on the Brady Bill, so he can't be too radical. I said, I would, if it was me, I'd let him sell his books here. 
And uh, but I didn't know the guy. Uh, but I got off work and I ran over to the Holiday Inn where he was signing his books. And I listened to the guy for five minutes. And I said, my, I said, my gosh, gosh, this guy's a patriot. You know, the national media is calling him a radical, and this guy's doing exactly what he's supposed to do. He's not going to disobey his oath of office. And he followed it. Uh, he knew that the Brady Bill was unconstitutional, and he fought it all the way to the Supreme Court and won. And they call this guy radical. And I was really disappointed in myself because I'd repeated that to someone that, yeah, I'd heard that he was a radical. But the reality was this guy was a patriot. And it really started to wake me up as to the information that we're hearing from the media is not only not true, it's completely not true um, and totally false. And so I felt so bad for, for Sheriff Richard Mack. I started taking him around. I took him to the gun club, met him in, and introduced to people and, and uh, started showing people that, hey, we've got a real patriot here. This is a real constitutional sheriff. Now, unfortunately, in California, we have a variety of different laws that are different, unfortunately, even in the California Constitution, that limit the authority of the sheriff like other sheriffs would have. In most counties in the United States, your sheriff is your supreme uh, law, top law enforcement officer, superseded by none. Unfortunately, not quite the case in California. Um, when Sheriff Richard Mack came back, uh, Sheriff Tom Bazinko wouldn't even go to the rodeo grounds to see the guy. Terrible. You know, it was, it was pretty bad, and I was disappointed within our sheriff for not coming out and uh, respecting the good work that Sheriff Richard Mack does. I really, I really like the guy. Um, I wish he could do more for us here, but he does preach to the sheriffs around the nation. Um, don't take your power for granted. County by county, that's how we take our country back, and the sheriffs in most states play a huge role if they exercise their power. And it's kind of what we're doing here in Shasta County by doing this recall movement um, is is taking it back one county at a time, and that's the way we're going to affect some change. But I thank you for your call. You bet. Thanks, Bruce. Thanks. Yeah, and that's great. That was, I think, 1974 when that changed, correct, in California, where right. the attorney general became the, the head law enforcement officer. for the Right, and so, and of course, you've seen what kind of attorney generals we have and how they're picked and selected, and so we're in a tough shape here in California. And uh, but I, I mean, Sheriff Richard Mack, when he's when he took on the Brady Bill and and the Clinton administration, only two other sheriffs in the entire country joined in on that, mm-hmm. and he fought that. He put his life savings on the line, and he took that all the supreme all the way to the Supreme Court. They heard it, and he won. And um, the Brady Bill is considered to be unconstitutional, and that was the one major gun bill that the Clinton administration passed in 1994. Mm-hmm. And uh, it thankfully has uh, expired in 2004, and Congress didn't take it up, so we don't have to deal with it in in, in some places. But uh, most states simply don't abide by the Brady Bill. And, and the sheriff's uh, you know topic, that, that's something that gets brought up a lot, you know, in, in California especially, you know, because – we depend in these counties. We depend on these sheriffs, you know, to to be the barrier between us and the the state. You know, I mean, we do have our board of supervisors who, if they were doing their job, would be a great buffer. But we expect the sheriff to either enforce or not enforce. You know, the things that we feel are unconstitutional. So, absolutely. Have absolutely. you had conversations with our current sheriff about a lot of what's going on? Um, you know, I I met up with uh, uh, Sheriff Eric McGreeny, um at a CRPA, California Rifle and Pistol Association meeting, and he had some discussions there. But I, I really haven't had a lot of interaction with Sheriff McGreeny. I've, um, I probably haven't warmed up to him as much as, say, other sheriffs in the past because he wasn't elected, he was appointed. And I didn't like that whole situation of appointing uh, a, a sheriff. I think that is something in this county. Uh, we have a long history of electing and vetting uh, our sheriff. It's an important position. 
Um, and it's something that the people should be voting on. And we didn't get a vote uh, for Eric. And for me to be a true sheriff, you have to earn it and you have to win that election. And so until he does so, um, that would that would make me feel much better. Well, what's your prediction? The election was so <laughs> close between between uh, Basenko and Green. It was dang near a runoff. Right. It just seemed to me. That, well, and it was it, it, it was it, suspicious it because we didn't think that Tom was going to run that last time, and all of a sudden he runs and he does win barely. He doesn't run a great race. That's why it was so close. And then within a short time period, he announces he's resigning or he's retiring, right. which then allows the board to appoint or to have a special election. They should have, but they. So to me, it was almost a setup um, in that the board and and the past sheriff concocted this thing sure. um and so it didn't it didn't feel right and and my gut uh was that this was wrong and um you know and so uh the sheriff i think today has put himself in a in a difficult position because of that and um you know there is some questions going on right now within the sheriff's department and i think in a few months the public will start hearing more about that and um, and maybe we can get to an election and and vet a sheriff that's really going to stand with the people more. You know, today, more than ever, we need a sheriff that is going um, to listen to the people and and respect and protect the people of Shasta County. That is the job. I, I want to go ahead. Do we got a caller? Good. I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to. Uh, See if you like had any like bombshells for us today because you know. Well, I don't the, know. The, <laughs> the, 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 the news from Mary Rickert and some of them is you're not a good you're not a good secret keeper. So we're, yeah, we're hoping, like, I have a heck of a time way. with secrets, man. Don't don't tell me something if you don't want me to yeah. keep it. So let, let, um, how about just that in and of itself? <laughs> what is this mentality of the secrecy and and how are you? You obviously feel it's the right thing to do to bring all the information taxpayers dollars transparency you know all those things as public servants you obviously are wired that way yeah, so yeah, yeah. what what can you speak to that a little bit i mean that's your part of your frustration you want colleagues to do the same thing but just go into that what where does your mind go well you know for me i you know I've, I've worked in a small family business my entire life and you know there's lots of struggles with that and some years you, you don't do too well and some years you do better and you struggle and Sometimes I can barely afford to get gas in my car, you know, and so you have those kind of day-to-day struggles here in Shasta County. And uh, when I was a kid, I, I wished both of my socks matched the same color half the time. And uh, and so I come from from meager upbringing and, um, you know, and then I see stuff that happened, you know, at City Hall and I see stuff currently that happens at the board. And um, they they are purposely not allowing information to get out and... Um, I think we should be proud of everything that we do and put everything that we do on the front page of the paper. Um, if it's right, the people will back you up. But if you have to keep it a secret and hide on certain things, that means the public is not going to like it. Now, re- I realize that obviously certain um, things, labor negotiations, and there's attorney-client privileged information that you would keep quiet for the benefit of the taxpayer in negotiations and these types of things. You don't want to play your hand and and uh, certainly in legal matters where you have lawsuits, you have to keep things quiet. And so those things I certainly understand and, and uh, things that are attorney-client privileged, I keep those quiet. Um, but when you have other things that come up, 
um, we need to let the public know. A good example of that is right now, so for next uh, week on um, June 8th, the next board meeting, not only do we have a 675-page agenda that needs to be read and understood and voted on, but we also have a 600-page budget that's going to be voted on and approved at the same time. So 1,200 pages to be read in less, less than a week. Um, the public isn't going to get to understand that before you know we get to and, – and it's not going to be well-vetted. And uh, so why not have that budget out a month in advance mm -hmm. so that everybody can really get down to it? Well, because they don't want you to get down to the nuts and bolts of it because you're not going to like how some of this money yeah. is being spent. And This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This is Terry Raposa. Terry Raposa. Terry. Hello. What's going on, Terry? Well, not a whole lot. I just wanted to uh, bring up a, a, a couple of things about the sheriff situation. Yes. Uh, first of all, the, the main thing about the sheriff situation is that in Article 5, Section 13 of the California Constitution, it specifically states that the sheriff um, doesn't, isn't the supreme uh, law enforcement officer of the land here or in the county. And what it does state is that the Attorney General, and that was amended November 4th, 1974, that the Attorney General basically has jurisdiction over cases and over anything that a sheriff would do or any other law enforcement official, including, and also the DA. And the Attorney General can enter into a position of saying that they, that he or she can, um, if they don't believe that a law is being enforced in their opinion, and that's the hard part, that's, I believe, is it, it probably about the fifth or sixth sentence in that particular article. Uh, if they don't believe that, that something is, uh, in their opinion, uh, following the law that has been put forward in California, then they can enter in, even into a court case, enter in and take the place of the district attorney and also be the chief law enforcement officer. Now, that's something that's unique to our state, well, which gives Terry, us a really, a, really a, a difficult position with a quote-unquote constitutional sheriff, which every sheriff should be constitutional, I would believe. What do you guys think? Well, Terry, and, and we were talking about that before you called in, and so we covered a lot of those things with, uh, with regards to the Attorney General for California and what and, – and truly we aren't going to get the constitutional sheriff that we really want – um, but, but but we can't. But we we are able to do that if we utilize more things in the Constitution, and um, if we utilize the California Constitution, we can't help the sheriff. We can't expect him to do everything on his own. But we can't help him by using Article Three, Section One of the California Constitution, which specifically states that the, the United States Constitution is the supreme law of the land, and California is an inseparable part of that. So if in fact and I know this is a lot of numbers. I'm not trying to have people pull their eyelashes out. It's a lot of numbers, but it really is what it is. In Article 20 of the California Constitution, it specifically states that the people who, and you know this, Patrick, because you took this oath, 
and that's where you took it for the California Constitution, that you specifically take an oath to the California Constitution and the United States Constitution. However, in Article 3, Section 1 in the California Constitution, it states that the United States Constitution trumps, no pun intended, trumps the California Constitution. So if, in fact, a sheriff is seeing something that is law that may not be legal or may not be lawful as being real law according to the Constitution, he or she can stand against that. And that's where I think the sheriffs have failed, especially in all this stuff with COVID and everything that's happened as far as uh, people having their business shut down, et cetera. Right. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks, yeah. Terry. Terry, yeah. always good to hear from you, and we thanks for the insight. we got a line of calls, so we're going to roll on. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, Terry. We'll see you Sunday morning. We have another caller on the line. Well, that was... Terry's always a great... Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I'm talking about secrets. I remember a situation that happened back at City Hall... Um, uh, our staff had come to us and said that uh, we we're running out of gas, which that's how we run our gas turbines in the city mm-hmm. of Reading, our power plant. And um, we needed <clears throat> some new gas purchases. And the smaller ten and $20,000 gas purchases weren't available, but this $400 million gas purchase was available. And, of course, we said $400 million. That's That's not exactly – we can't hardly write a check for that. And they said, well, this is different this time. You only pay for it as you need it. And if you don't need it, you don't pay for it which later I found out that was a lie. We bought $400 million worth of gas. And um, subsequently thereafter, a new hire that had come into the city of Reading, his name was Michael Brown, he started raising some concerns about this gas purchase. And in fact, he became a whistleblower and he said, you paid twice the market rate. And your number two or three guy in the utility, Tim Nichols, is taking bribes from Shell Oil, which is where we got the $400 million worth of gas. Now, city staff quickly said this guy, uh, one, he's not a good fit, you're fired, and two, you're not credible. And so, and that's what I was told, and so I didn't know any better at the time. Um, I thought, well, the city says he's not credible, you know, he's not credible. A few more months later down the road, I get an anonymous email from the FPPC that Tim Nichols, this same guy that uh, was part of the Reading Electric Utility had been caught taking a Rolex watch from Shell Oil and was fined $5,500. Holy smokes. Hmm. So this became interesting. So this was one uh, of the complaints that Michael Brown had showed. Now I'm starting to think this guy's credible because one of the things he was talking about is now becoming true. But I'd seen down on the bottom that it had been CC'd over to the record searchlight three weeks earlier, but nothing in the paper. Mm. Now I can guarantee you a fine of this size from somebody high up in the electric utility um, and concerning Shell Oil Company would be in the paper somewhere. Sure. So I called up the newspaper and complained, and I said, "This you're covering this clearly. This should be a story, and it's not. And we got into it, and I told him I better see it on the front page tomorrow, which it was down at the bottom. It said, city manager comes on board and says, you know, Tim Nichols tape paid this fine in a timely manner, and we're just so proud and thankful that we have great city employees, and that was the story. Oh, wow. So when you read wow. a story like that, and so it's like, you know, that that just made it seem like we have great city employees. This guy got caught taking a bribe from Shell Oil for lying to council, um, and the ratepayers are now paying in excess of $200 million in, in a gas purchase, and this was one purchase. Now, that's bad enough. I mean, that's really bad, really, but – it was part of a $1.5 billion project, and Santa Clara and Modesto got the other half at the same price. So you can only imagine how much wow. Shell got involved in this. 
And so that type of corruption uh, happens. Um, I don't know where Michael Brown is today. He should be in hiding by about now. Um, I talked about it quite a bit over time and no, nothing. You know, the, the record searchlight won't print anything. Uh, Channel 7 won't print anything. I took it to the grand jury. They wouldn't report on it because they said there was an active investigation. That was many years ago, but they would never take it up. So it gets tolerated. And it really taught me a lot that um, something is seriously wrong here. And uh, and that's what I knew. Um, if I had not received that anonymous email, I wouldn't have known much of any of it. Um, and that's from an elected official, mind you. And that's just one thing you found out about. I mean, how many other things happened that we Correct. didn't find out about? Absolutely. Well, well and I think more and more keeps coming. That's interesting that as this whole our whole county gets behind wanting true transparency, not filtered. Here's what you get to see on a plate, right? right. The raw stuff that we can get. So we have another color on the line we get here. more and more people coming. <clears throat> Who do we forward. have? That's right. Yeah, go ahead. Wait. I wonder if she works for show. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Karina. Hey. How are you? I have a question. I'm good. Thank you. Good. I have a question for Mr. Jones. On episode three, have you seen that yet? I imagine you have. Oh, yeah, I was in it. <laughs> oh, right, right. Oh, I didn't know if you had seen it yet. But there was a specific question I had regarding when that doctor from Mercy Medical Center, who was basically, my understanding was that he kind of ran the whole Mercy Medical Center. Probably Dr. came, When he came to the board meeting and at the right at the end of his three minutes, he said that he had a plan that could help Shasta County, Yes, and then they cut him off? Correct. Did they do any follow-up with him? And if so, where is the plan and what was suggested? Yeah, so that was Dr. Danuka, and uh, I'm friends with, uh, with Doc, as we call him, and a smart guy, and uh, CEO of one of the hospitals here, and uh, he's got a great reputation here in town. And uh, so he did come before the board, and, you know, when I was mayor of the city of Reading, when someone would come and speak and was clearly credible and had some important information, I didn't care about the three minutes. I'm going to be there all day or in those years all night. Um, let him speak. If it takes three or four minutes, uh, that's fine. What the chairperson, Mary Rickard, did at that time uh, was just to simply cut him off at three minutes, and it was shocking to him. But what it showed is we really don't want to listen to what you have to say. Right. We're not interested, and there was no follow-up on yeah. that. There wasn't, and, th- so the email, send me an email, they never... Right, they get tons of emails, but there was they, they implemented nothing. Um, they didn't want to hear from him. And, and Dr. Danuka said a while back when we met with him, it was pretty interesting. He said, look, I had a plan, I had a 10-part plan, that if they would have followed that, we would have gone through this pandemic right. really right. fairly unscathed. Right. And, and kept everything open, and people would have been able to run their businesses, and kids would have been in school, you know, but we could have done it safely. And he had a plan that he wanted to submit that, that was never... That scene Adjust. from the people that I talked to in the shop, <clears throat> yeah. that scene was the one that that people were pissed about. Yeah. I mean, they were like, I cannot believe. So that just died right there. Yeah. And, yeah. and these are medical doctors. The these, are, these are guys who are practicing medicine in our town, who are smart guys, respected in the community. CEO Why wouldn't you want to go to these guys? I mean, if I'm a supervisor and there's a pandemic coming or right. something that's, that's being sold as a pandemic, I'm getting the smartest doctors in town together. I'm saying, hey, guys, how do we, how do, we do this? Yeah. You know, and particularly with Dr. Nuka, he has a great story. You know, he came here from India, and he didn't have nothing in his in his wallet, and he really made something. He worked hard. Um, he's very proud to be an American, and um, and he and he worked hard. You know, to get where he's at, and he's wow. very smart. 
and uh, so he uh, he's a great story. He's a very good doctor. We're lucky to have him here in, in Redding and Shasta County. And, you know, and, and this was a failure of the chairman, but she was taught by the previous chair how to control a boardroom, which being not experienced, this is what happens. And when you have someone that's clearly going to be loud and profane, you give them the three minutes and then and then you move them on and you 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 curtail that activity. And then when you have somebody that's sensible, that has good information, you clearly let them finish what they're talking about so that it can get out and um, – and then the whole public can hear that because it is being archived and you can go back and listen to it. And that's how you create the decorum and that's how you control your boardroom. But um, Mary Rickard was not very good at it. And Joe Clemente, the, right, uh, the chair right now, is doing the same thing. He doesn't understand so, why he's lost control of the boardroom. Yeah, so wouldn't another board of supervisor have been able to maybe say, hey, this is really important if this is this serious and we care about our constituents and their health? This is a man that we ought to listen to, and when it, if it is as bad as what they were saying it is, this shows a complete lack of care, empathy, or anything actually on the part of caring for their people who voted them in, because this is a man who apparently had a plan that none of us got privy to. Isn't that pretty serious? Yeah, no, a problem? It, it is a problem, and again, it's, it's ah. because of the lack of experience um, and... Um, you know, it's 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 clearly that they are treating the public comment period as a liability, if you will, just to get through it. Let's get through the public comment and get to the stuff that we want to get. And these people are just in our way. And and you get the sense of that really quickly when you're not listening and paying attention, um, you know, like Leonard Modi, you know, when he was virtual, you know, turning his computer off or right. looking down, playing on his computer, texting Linda or somebody, I don't know. Um, or Mary looking away, you're not paying attention to what the people have to say, and these are the people that we serve. You know, and the least you could do is is listen to what people have to say. And, you know, and sometimes they're going to say some very good things, and sometimes they're not, but our job is to listen. And uh, we're there all day, and we're paid to do it. So at least you should yeah. listen, and, and they're not. And But these are just a few reasons why three of these are going to be recalled. They're not doing their job. They've forgotten who they work for, and they're yeah, going to get definitely. recalled. And I think, um, I think we're going to see an exciting summer. I think uh, it's hot right now, and I think it's going to get hotter. Way hotter. Yeah, well, I, I, I hope so. I think that was just Karina, thank a, you for your call. Thank you very much. <clears throat> thank you, no problem. I think that was such a display of, you know, lack of leadership. Because what you're talking about is basic things and how to control and in in, in a time of so much exception they couldn't break a three-minute rule to hear from a ceo of the hospital of our county one of them it was just it was just completely blatant so those that may be questioning recall or not that's what you're getting that was the health of the greater shasta county Mm -hmm. you know that that was it it was in the the hand but the state knows best don't they yeah (laughs) right so we don't even want to hear from the ceo of our local hospital that if you go to the local hospital and you trust them there, you're going to trust them maybe to speak to the board. I mean, so you're on another topic of council members and board members not knowing exactly all what happens. I mean, when you go into the admin building for myself, there's these small, skinny, narrow hallways, and I have half the time no idea what's going on behind room number A, B, C, you know, whatever. And, uh, you know, when I first got to City Hall back in 2006, um, within a few months, um, we'd learned about 
and uncovered by the record searchlight when we had real investigative reporters and it was uncovered by Scott Mobley, the last good reporter that that paper had, um, a large sex scandal that went all the way up to the top in City Hall. And, uh, and it involved uh, uh, several guys and many women and probably more than we know. Um, and it was, it was there happening while I was there and had no knowledge of it. And uh, several people got fired uh, right up to the assistant city manager and, uh, and several other people as well. And so if I can't see that, you know, in these hallways and where they're doing, um, you know, that's, it, it's just the transparency isn't there. And, um, you know, I was really disappointed in that. It showed bad for the city. Um, I don't think we probably got to the, to the bottom of it when that occurred. Leonard Modi was there at the time. And, uh, and I don't think we got to the bottom of who was all involved in that. But uh, Scott did the best he could to get information out to the public. And if it hadn't been for that investigative reporter, we'd have never heard about it. Yeah. And, and he was the last one. And after that, they've never touched him since. So you tell me what's going on in the halls, whether it's at 777 West Cypress or 1450 Court Street. Um, without a quality newspaper doing investigative reportive work, then it's it's totally left to us and the supervisors. You know, and as this recall moves forward, I think that's why we're seeing them try to stop this process. It, it feels so strong that they do not want us to really uncover something or something. Which makes us want to do it even more. Right. right. I mean, yeah. it's just driving yeah. these people to Every to time I want to cool off a little, because we're in this heated fight, right? And every time I want to cool off just to catch my breath a little bit for the next battle, I feel like it just makes me want to go so much harder and faster and just like just really aggressively towards the prize when I start mm -hmm. hearing stuff like this, you know, is because they're making it hard for us to do something that's uh, that's a mechanism that's constitutional, you know. So if I'm a supervisor and people want to recall me, I'm going to say, go ahead. Go, and if yeah, you get I, the signatures. If you get the signatures, I'm out. Yeah. You know, if you don't get it, then I look really good. I look like the hero. So when you're trying to stop it before it even starts, that makes us just want to push harder, man. I, cover I was more the stuff. subject of a recall at City Hall, and I said, okay, you know, that's your constitutional right in California. And so I didn't think anything about it because it's difficult to get signatures. Sure. And, uh, you know, I certainly didn't have, you know, $1,000 attorneys and, yeah. and attempting to block, and I didn't have uh, press releases with uh, other board or council members in front of City Hall. So I just find this to be incredibly um, unusual. Um, and, you know, recently we had um, several investigators within the DA's office go to the residence of several of the proponents of the notice of intent. Um, I consider this to be harassment. Um, I'm really shocked. And we're not going to let this happen. I mean, yeah, I mean this we're, is, we're, we're fighting now. Yeah, yeah, this well, point this is, is not well, right. You, you've thrown a punch involved? now. You've thrown a punch. And, he, and we've talked about this before where they want to throw as many punches as they can. But if we respond or reply with just one punch, we're the bullies, we're the bad guys, we're the aggressors, we're the violent ones, we're the insurrections, the terrorists, everything they've called us, right? It's all bullshit because they're doing it to us first. All we're doing is minding our own business, being polite, following a mechanism, following the rules, you know, and just because you don't like what we're doing exactly. doesn't give you the right to attack us without being attacked. It's all a smoke, it's all a smoke screen kind of, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? They're throwing that up to cover what they're doing. But well, they're I just didn't think I would stuff. see that, that level, but apparently um, they're going to, you go to that level and probably more because there's something and, and things that they don't want us to see beyond what we already know today. And uh, it's simply more than just a recall. Um, we're going to look at this uh, overall government, um, and uh, from top to bottom, there's not one thing that we're going to leave alone. Yeah. And we're going to make it transparent. 
And if there's something that's not right, if we can't put it on the front page of the paper, if we had a good one, um, then it shouldn't be. And, and I think that's the way we can run government in the future. It'll be a smaller, more efficient government um, that'll serve the needs of the public twice sure. as good as what it is. Today. And if you're sitting right now, I, oh, okay. if, if, if we got a caller. Okay, Emily, give me one. I just want to make, make one comment, you know. Actually, we'll, we'll take the call. Go ahead. Hi, Emily. How you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? Good. Welcome. Um, I had a question for Mr. Jones regarding um, the CalPERS program and the debt from that. I've heard that the debt for the CalPERS program is exceeding $1 billion. And I have also heard, Patrick, that you don't take a pension from that. And if that is the case, I was just wondering if you could maybe speak to that and why that's important to you. Yeah, this is an important issue for me. It's an important for everybody in the, in the city of Reading and in the county. Um, you know, I always felt that we should run a business uh, as, as well as we can. And so, you know, we have to, at the end of the day, in small businesses, we have to manage. Um, we can't have massive debt. You, you can always take on a little debt, but you pay it off and, and you, you see light at the end of the tunnel. Um, so some 20 years ago, um, formulas started changing with CalPERS, and we had warned and argued that um, the city in those years, that's who I was working for then, that we can't adapt this formula because it's going to fail. It's going to fail quickly. And they, their response, the CalPERS board said, you will not have to worry about this for 999 years, that this new formula will be fine. The economy is great, which economy was great. Um, but then by 2006 and seven, um, the recession started to hit. And all of a sudden, things start going down, and we start losing money rapidly. And then it really started to see just how much CalPERS debt started coming around. So for the county today, and again, I've only been on the job for five months. Um, and when I first started, I told them I do not want to take um, the retirement, the CalPERS retirement. And they said, well, we don't have a form for that. And I said, well, make one because I'm not doing it. I'm not taking it. I didn't take it at City Hall, and I'm not going to take it now. I don't want to be a part of a system that's leaving the taxpayers paying for that retirement. And it's not that I didn't want the retirement. I do. And, and I think county employees deserve a retirement, but not to the excess that it's burdening now on the backs of the taxpayers, um, to, you know, aggressively. And, and so the county has gotten themselves into trouble, like many other counties, and some are so close to insolvency, it's, it's not even funny. Um, so for the county, you have the CalPERS um, retirement debt and the CalPERS medical debt. We do not have the money uh, to fund these, and so we have to pay it off over time. So they have created a system over the next 30 years, roughly, that if we pay $30 million a year for the next 30 years, we will get this paid off. And, and when you do so, if all works well, that will be $1 billion. So that's $30 million a year that you're losing right out of the general fund, that could have gone towards building a jail, building a mental institution, fixing your roads and infrastructure, and fixing the very problems that we're experiencing right now. They're fixable, but th this pension and CalPERS debt is saddling us and stifling us to having the city and the county that we grew up in. I talked to a former uh, supervisor from, from 30 years ago, and uh, he was talking about, you know, he goes, you know, you're, you're not giving raises, Jones, you know. And I said, yeah, no, I can't. I said, I, I would like to. And uh, I said, but you know about the CalPERS debt. And I said, now, you never had to deal with that in your time. 
you didn't have that level of debt. So you could give raises. I want to give raises too. But how can I when, I'm, when that escalates the problem? I have to fix the problem before I can give raises. And some people deserve some raises. Some don't. Um, but before I would give one, we have to get that pension and CalPERS debt under control and not on the backs of the taxpayers because that's easy to do. Right. Yeah. Hey, just let, let those guys pay for it. Right. And by and large, the, the public is unaware of just how much they're paying for these things. Thirty these million a year for the county. A lot of fat in them, too. That and, you, you, know, you know, and so and, and unfortunately, um, you know, the pay has risen over time. You know, in years gone by, the county pay was kind of low, but you had these better benefits. Right. Well, over time, you know, the pay is up now. The benefits are up. And so now just cost to give you an idea. Um, we will approve. I won't approve it. I'll vote no on it. But um, on this next meeting, we have 162 supervisor positions, 162 of them. Their base pay for that group is $12 million, but the benefits are $8 million. And that just lets you know how you would never see that in the private sector. And it's so lopsided, but we've allowed this to happen. Um, and, and we warned about it some 20 years ago to not get ourselves into this situation. And now we are. And uh, so it's really shocking. And, uh, you know, and I, you know, I, I turned the pension down. I, d I didn't want it. Um, you know, I would I would I just feel better that I'm not a part of something. And so they can't criticize me for not saying, hey, what are you willing to do? Yeah. I give it all up. I'm not asking everybody to give it up, but I'm asking that you're probably going to need to pay a, a much higher share. Right. Right on. Yeah, that's good. It's good information. I, I had a question, yeah. too. Um, or do we, have, do we still have the caller? Emily, are you still there? Did we lose a caller? Yeah, I'm still here. Oh. Yep, that was the answer to my question. Thank you, guys. Right, perfect. Thank you. You bet. Thank Bye. you, Emily. Bye. Yeah, I was just going to ask about, um, you know, that to me, like launching the DA, and I don't know who's funding the attorneys that, you know, the, trying to battle this recall. It, I feel like we're blurring some legalities here using county funds, using these different things. I mean, I don't know how they're funding the attorneys and all that stuff. They talk about transparency mm -hmm. and came at the recall right. and this docu-series, you know, what's the transparency there? Do you have any detail that you could bring out on that? Because yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's pretty clear to me, and I'll, I'll kind of allude to it without saying everything I know, but, mm. um, <laughs> you know, when you got a $1,000 an hour attorney, um, you better be doing a lot of fundraisers, um, yeah, right. you know, here in Shasta County, which I don't see them doing any. Um, and so clearly they're, there is a lot of money being spent there, and they're not showing us anything. And, um, you know, the Shasta General Purpose Committee is, is doing their reports correctly. They're being very transparent. They're not trying to hide anything. They'll tell you everything that we've done. Uh, we have another fundraiser on the 12th, and we will raise more money, and we will report uh, what needs to be reported at that time. And they're doing it right. They're doing it absolutely right. They've got good people with them. And uh, what I'm seeing here, and again, this is just my gut feeling, and I feel it's as strong as anything that I've ever felt, is that because the possibility of three supervisors could change, there's tens of millions of dollars being funneled into various companies, uh, organizations here in Chester County, and they cannot wait and afford to see any possible changes. There's too much money at stake. And so they're going to protect that. They're not going to just sit idle by and possibly see some changes. They are going to protect their their valuable uh, assets. And so take a look at the money. Who's been receiving the funds from the county? And, you know, it's companies like K2 and Hill Country and McConnell Foundation and 
uh, Northern Catholic Social Services, and many others. And when you see who's getting these kinds of monies, quasi, almost quasi-government organizations, then you can draw, you can certainly make some assumptions. When you see Judy Salter and Lee Salter show up to boardroom meetings and speak, um, that's not by chance. Now, they were the basic creators, if you will, of the McConnell Foundation, um, and uh, and I've had plenty of trouble with McConnell Foundation from my days at City Hall. Um, I have a serious dislike for some of the things that they do. Now, is it a, is it okay if you do two or three good things and then two bad things? Is can we look the other way? Is that all right? Is that acceptable? Just because you do a couple good things over here, but a couple bad things over well, here? We don't live our life that way in any you know, other. Fashion. And I can't do that. Yeah. And so when you do something bad, no matter what else you've done good, um, you've lost me at that point. And uh, we have to be good all the time, and we have to be good when no one's looking. And, uh, and I think now that we're looking, now that Shasta County is looking, um, people are starting to get nervous. Mm-hmm. And yeah. monies will come forward. Um, you'll never probably see the name McConnell Foundation on any of this money. I can guarantee you that. Um, but other people, and if you watch the people in that audience, in that boardroom, if you've been around, all you have to do is start connecting a few dots and uh, the picture will be fairly clear for sure. you. That's good yeah. info. Yeah. Oh, we do. I think it's Biden, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So Alex asked, who funds the Red, White, and Blueprint docuseries? So right now it's being uh, funded privately by one of the partners uh, in the business. And then we've also had a fundraiser that helped us along a little bit. And if you go on our website, you can see our merchandise and that helps out quite a bit too. So at this point, we're not, certainly not making money, but you know we're doing well enough where we can you know do stuff like this and help push the, the football up the field. Yeah, and I hear so. people comment on that all the time of like, oh, you know, Zapata's just making all this money off. It's like, no, uh, yeah. no. you know, I made this table. Here it sits, yeah. and I'm not making a bunch of money off it. I sit here. It's free yeah. volunteer time. You well, know, what this if we movement is not we a money doing, grab. <laughs> what if we weren't doing this? Patrick just talked about the reason we're in the mess we're in is because we have no media, right. right? We have no good media. Yeah. And the reason absolutely. there was a First Amendment was so that they would hold these politicians accountable. Mm-hmm. Well, instead, they're in lockstep with them. And if it wasn't for the recall, we've had to wake back up and not leave it to the media. Sure. Well, you know, and I was watching the Shasta Recall Group and uh, seeing what they were doing and watching them, and I really like the work that they're doing, hundreds of people, grassroots effort, and I really thought you know, they're doing the right thing and, and they're taking part and they're not sitting back. And I really thought at the beginning that the Red, White, and Blueprint, by doing the docuseries, I thought, you know, what's the value in that? And boy, was I mistaken by being able to see and show the public what's happening because they're not getting this information any other way. Mm-hmm. And it just shows how powerful yeah. the information is and how hungry people are for it and how many other like-minded people that are out there. It's amazing. I can't go anywhere without somebody saying, hey, I saw you in that series or that yeah. series. And uh, it's really affecting a lot of people and it's given them some hope. And so um, I underestimated the power that, that a series could have showing what you can do in your own county. Sure, and it's pretty and amazing. It's informing the electorate again. The electorate has the power. Yep. Every individual in this county, you're not powerless. You know? well, I don't, and I don't even think the we illustration would, of it. You know? thought it would take off like, like it has. Yeah. I heard from a guy last night said friends of his in Texas are all fired up trying to 
emulate what we're doing. They are. It's gotten a lot of traction. You know, I think it's gotten a lot of traction because it's sincere and people can see uh, our transparency. They can see what we're doing. You know, mm-hmm. they can see that what we're doing is a noble cause and that all we're trying to do is to return our county into uh, control into the hands of the people. And that's not a bad thing. That's something that no. back in the day, Democrats and Republicans and independents could all gather around saying right. hey, that's a good thing we can all unite on, you yeah. know. But for yeah, some reason I, now they've, they've politi- we haven't politicized this movement. They've politicized the movement. You know, and for an elected official like myself, I just want to do a term or two, you know, and then I want to go back <laughs> to what I was yeah. doing before. But I see a great opportunity here because I see people coming up and taking um, an interest like I have not seen before. And, and I think that is a direct result of the blueprint. Yeah. yeah. And it's also a result of the other side, the opposition, <laughs> I call them, overplaying their hand. I mean, they've yep. pushed the needle so far to the left, you know, to where we're going to end up in a Maoist regime if, if we keep going that way. Well, if you ever want to yeah. start something, yeah. make the public mad, which sure. this all started back the March before. Mm-hmm. And uh, sitting out in front of the, uh, the admin building telling us that we can't come in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're making... Uh, uh, rules and deals inside, not having a public meeting, um, going on month after month after month, and then telling us I, we could call in on the phone, maybe, <laughs> and then we could come in one at a time, um, you know, and it just got people really mad, and, uh, you know, and now uh, they have formed, I've never seen so many <laughs> groups merge together, yeah. um, right. you know, and they're from all sides of, of different issues, but... Um, when you're not going to be allowed to even be listened to right. by your elected officials, you know you have a problem. And, I'm still uh, mad. And, and it was and really we, disappointing. We all want things to get better. We appreciate that things are getting seemingly better. But what he just said, I don't want people to forget right. and stop being mad about what happened because it's going to happen again. We're not fighting. What we're doing here is not because of what happened last year. It's because of what's going to happen in years to come. Correct. If we don't do this. Yeah, they're already talking about, you know, yeah. Right. Yeah. What, what counties can do learning from the blueprint? Yeah. It's a no. pretty broad question. You want me to <laughs> well, I think there. you band people together. It's one of the Follow first Follow along, you know, yeah, move uh, from, be move. engaged. You know, you, you have to be engaged with what we're doing. We're going a million miles an hour. It's hard for us to reach out to you. So reach out to us on social media. Reach out to us via email. Um, get on our website. Uh, we do pay attention to our messages. You know, it, it might not be as quick as you'd like due to the volume that we're receiving, but we promise we will get back to you. But stay engaged, stay informed, and come along for the win because we really feel like we are on a winning path right now. Uh, less than, what, 12 hours from now, we will be getting together uh, here in Redding, California, and we're going to start this process in a very real way, uh, in, in a way where we're going to get these signatures and we're going to recall these supervisors, and that's going to be epic. So stay tuned, watch what we're doing, watch the episodes. There's a lot of information on there, and sometimes you have to watch them two or three times to get all the info because yeah. they're, they're pretty rich with, uh, with information. And it, it's not easy. Nobody should think this is easy, What the work that the people have put into this, man. I you know, you look at Alyssa and, and Melissa and Catherine. I mean, they have they the logistical have effort like a is, job. I mean, it's a it's a lot of work. So don't yeah. think you're just going to show up to a couple board meetings. And, no, the, 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 this thing has deep, deep roots. You know, it's like, it's like when you you see this, this little baby tree or baby plant or something like that. What you don't realize is the massive amount of roots that it takes to support that. And what you're seeing right now is just just really not to be cliche, but it's the tip of the iceberg. You know. This thing's been being built over the course of the last 18 months. 
And, and when I say 18 months, I mean all of 18 months, every second, every minute of that 18 months. What's interesting this time around serving on <clears throat> the board compared to the city, uh, you know, years ago was, you know, through social media, they can get people connected on certain issues and ideas. And, you know, that was lacking for me, you know, 10 and 15 years ago. And today that communication and getting people together in real is, time, in real time is really key. And, um, I feel sorry for the older generation that's not terribly, you know, computer literate because that's really a very powerful thing yeah. today that we have that we didn't have 15 years ago. And it's gotten all these oh, different yeah. people together to act and uh, to be able to accomplish something. And I think it's going to change uh, everything. You the know, landscape think, of politics, I really. it's going to change everything. Now, I mean, think about it. You're right. I mean, 20 years ago, I would have had to call his house, wait till he got home, <laughs> right. maybe got a message from one of his kids or something. Then he'd get the message, he'd call you, and it'd be the same thing. So it was a four-day process to get four people together. Look at, you what, know? Look at what Ian Where? Smart and Jesse Land did with that stake in NorCal. Yeah. They had 4,000 people in like 72 hours. Oh, it's amazing. That yeah. all, and it's all yeah. right here. Yeah. You know, we, we, what we put out right here literally goes global in a nanosecond. I threatened to throw my phone away many times, but I'm, yeah. I'm glad I kept it. Oh, I'm <laughs> out the window like this. <laughs> good action happening. Yeah. That's right. Good All right. Action. Well, thank you guys for the calls, and uh, thank you, uh, Supervisor Jones, for, for coming, Patrick. being yeah. here, and yeah. we appreciate you and everything you're doing to fight alongside with us. Well, so. Barney Miller was on tonight, so it wasn't yeah. a big deal. Right on. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Only guys our age know who Barney Miller is. Yeah, so. I had no idea what you're talking about. <laughs>